Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm Johnny G. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Jonathan Robinson. Jonathan is an author of 14 books, a psychotherapist, a life and spiritual coach, and a professional speaker. He's reached over 100 million people, and his work has been translated into 47 languages. He's been a guest on Oprah, CNN, other national TV shows, and his work has been featured in USA Today, Newsweek, Reader's Digest. He is the co-host of a popular podcast, Awareness Explorers, and he has lived an incredible life, especially for those of us who've been on a spiritual seeking path. I think a lot of us will resonate with his story, and he's going to share with us about that. So welcome, Jonathan. It's so nice to have you with us on the show. Thank you, Johnny. I'm looking forward to this. When you... Uh, when your team approached me about discussing your path, I was blown away when I heard about your experiences, because what the listeners may not know is that you have had this life that has led you to cross paths with dozens of spiritual thought leaders um, across the decades. And some of these people, I mean, these are people who have shaped our time. You've had interactions with Mother Teresa. You have interactions with so many people who have called us to follow the guidance of our soul and our spirit. And I am dying to know, how did this happen? How did you get on this journey that led you to interact with so many of these legendary seekers? Uh, because I know that my, my, my listeners will be curious about that. Well, I am very persistent. Um, I've interviewed everybody from, as you mentioned, late Mother Teresa to the Dalai Lama, Ram Dass, Adyashanti, Byron Katie, Deepak Chopra, etc. You know, a hundred in all. Um, and just a funny story. One time I, I was trying to interview uh, the late teacher Ram Dass, who I liked a lot. And uh, and I pursued him for like half a year with no luck. And finally he calls me and says, you know, I just want you to know I don't do these interviews anymore, but I've never seen anybody as persistent as you. Um, you've called me every week for 30 weeks and uh, sent me 25 letters. I'm calling just to see if you're if you're on a mission from God or a complete lunatic. And uh, I, I told him I was on a mission from God, so he did the interview. And we actually became friends later. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I really had a mission. I wanted to get the best, kind of like the greatest hits of spiritual ideas and methods in one book. Yeah. And because I'm lazy and I don't like to read myself. So, you know, put every best idea and best technique in one book. And yeah. I figured that would be a great service. So that's what the Enlightenment Project book is about. 
That's beautiful. And I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I, my question for you was going to be, well, how did you find Ram Dass? Because, uh, well, not how did you actually locate him, but how did you find his persona? Because he is so um, authentically direct, not, yeah. in a, not in a mean-spirited way at all, but in just a, an incredibly pure, direct way. And so many people have found that uh, found that style to be at odds with our societal training, which I guess is the entire point. And so uh -huh. uh, it sounds like from your anecdote that he delivered pure authentic Ram Dass to you with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I find that because I'm not necessarily in awe of these people, I'm more just myself. And they like that because when you become somewhat a celebrity, whether it be spiritual or otherwise, people, you know, kind of treat you differently. And, you know, we're all human beings here, including me, and uh, we're doing the best we can. And some of these people just found great ways to find peace within. And I wanted to know how they did it. And and um, maybe that could be my contribution is trying to get their great information out to others. Well, then what did you find? I mean, if that was your goal to, to kind of gain some of their best nuggets there, what what did you walk away with besides an incredible book uh, after this experience? Well, I found a lot of things. One is I found that a lot of these people experimented with different methods and they found what really fit for them. And, you know, somebody like Ramdas tried like 40 different methods and different ideas too, and finally found the two or three nuggets that really worked for him. The same with Mother Teresa, the same with the Dalai Lama, same with Deepak Chopra. And most people, they don't really explore that much. They, they're born into a religion or they fall into a certain guru or teaching, and they don't necessarily find what really, really would work for them. You know, I, I tried a lot of stuff and most of it has no impact. I, I used to think I couldn't meditate. And then I found a, a form of meditation that was just made my my head explode. It was so amazing. So, I, you know, I, I thought that a lot of people may not have discovered what really works for them yet. So in the Enlightenment Project, I try to give the best 30 methods and ideas and I figure if people explore those, they're going to find something that just really uh, knocks their socks off. You know, like one idea um, is just the ability to experiment for a month or a week. You know, try this meditation for a week, then try another one, see which one works for you. And a lot of people, they, they try one meditation, they have a hard time with it, and then they give up. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the research that you've been doing, um, what do you think is the common thread between these individuals who, um, well, I suppose, why do you think so many people have that experience of, I give it a try, I walk away, uh, and they never find that next step of development that, that they're looking for? Do you think it's a skepticism? Do you think it's a lack of passion? What have you learned? I think it's actually a, a, a wrong idea. You know, in the Enlightenment Project, we actually talk about 25 myths about awakening. And, and one wrong idea can set you off on the wrong path. So if you think that uh, this one system is the way and that doesn't work for you, then you think, well, I guess I'll give up. You know, I, I liken it to food that, you know, just because you 
don't like broccoli doesn't mean that you're not going to like potato chips. Um, and meditations like food, just because you don't like, say, uh, Vipassana meditation doesn't mean you're not going to like, like the meditation I do now, which is really uh, wonderful, is I made a list of the 30 people that I most liked in my life, that I most loved, you know, old girlfriends and, and family members and friends. And I spend a minute on each person thinking about what I liked and appreciate about them. And so I, I get to feel love, my love for this person. And then I go on to the next person. Well, in 30 minutes, I can go through 30 people and I'm just inundated with a feeling of love. Well, bathing yourself in love is a pretty nice meditation. I never read that in a book. You know, uh, Ramdas gave me that idea. And that helped me to then say, wow, I really love meditation now. Whereas before trying to focus on my breath, it was just so incredibly difficult that I almost gave up. Yeah, I hear that. You know, we have, um, we have this notion that successful meditation is, you know, sitting in the silence. And I mean, I think that's amazing, wonderful meditation. Absolutely. You know, but as I've, embarked on my own spiritual journey, the lesson that I've taken away about meditation is anything where you pour your entire presence into the experience is meditation. So mm -hmm. if I am screaming in grief after the loss of someone in my life, like that is, if I'm, I'm pouring my entire being into that experience of grief, that's a meditation. If yeah, my favorite yeah. song comes on while I'm cleaning and I drop the broom and dance in the living room and just lose myself in the song. Like that's a beautiful meditation. It's about mm -hmm. really losing yourself in the moment in whatever type of moment that is, whether you're seated on a cushion or whether you are walking down a street, enjoying Christmas lights. Yeah. One of my favorite meditations is a Hagendas meditation. <laughs> I... I'm dying. Tell me, tell me. I, I can, you know, like like in the Japanese tea ceremony where they really are present with a cup of tea. Well, I can do that with Hagendas really well. And it's very present, very deep, and very grateful. That's right. Look, the creator is in all things, including Hagendas, especially Hagendas. Yes. <laughs> so what surprised you on this journey? I mean, I'm sure that, you know, everybody, like you said, everybody's just just another bozo on the bus doing the best they can to get to make it through this life. And I'm sure that uh, I'm sure you experienced a lot of unexpected surprises along the way. Well, I got to see certain gurus have magical powers, which I was really into. And that was fun. You know, uh, uh, I visited the old, uh, a famous guru in India named Sai Baba. And um, I'm an amateur magician. So I, I heard that he can manifest things out of thin air. But I know how people can do that with magic tricks. Mm -hmm. So the first day I'm there, he um, gets his hand like six inches from my face and he starts manifesting ash, which is one of the things he would do. I'm not talking a little bit of ash, like I'm talking about two cupfuls, like yeah. inundated me from his hand. Well, you know, you can have a false thumb or false finger or other things to do that. So I look for that and they're not there. Yeah. And then um, he looks at me and he says, satisfied magic man. Wow. So besides manifesting Ash, he can read my mind, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, but, you know, meeting these people, 
I also realized that they had faults, that you don't have to be a perfect human being to be awake. And I was surprised at how some people can wake up really quickly with the right method. And that some people can not wake up 40 years meditating 10 hours a day because that method is not a good fit for them. So that surprised me that uh, both those things could be true mm -hmm. and, and made me realize like we need to get the best methods out for free to a large amount of humanity because it might be that you are three hours away from a totally different identity if you, if you found the thing that really worked for you. This, okay, so I didn't expect this to be your answer. And I'm, I look, you caught me. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm caught. <laughs> All right, so this is fascinating to me. So what I hear you saying is that, um, and you referenced this earlier in, in our conversation, that mm -hmm. it's really about trying uh, as many different modalities of getting in touch with your purest essence, whatever that means, right? Whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, anyway, it can be meditation, it can be prayer, it can be service, it can be uh, seeking, it can be uh, absorbing literature and teachings, whatever, what, whatever the method is, but that um, if you are well, you know what? Let me turn this into a question for you. And I'm genuinely, yeah. genuinely curious. Would you say then that if it's hard, you're not doing it correctly? Uh, or let's say if it's hard, that's an opportunity to find a different way. Not doing it correctly isn't, 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 I don't think appropriate yeah. question, but uh, is that what you're saying? Or do you think that in some cases it's going to be hard to, no matter what? Well, there's two things. There's um, what I call waking up to uh, the fact that we're pure awareness and and a very peaceful stillness presence. That is actually relatively easy if you have the right method. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing something, you're not getting much result of feeling very deep peace within uh, within a week of trying something, then you should try something else. Now, deconditioning old habits, though, and triggers, that can take a while. So that is hard work. You know, a lot of people have been traumatized. Going through and de-traumatizing yourself, that, that can take quite a while. And that's not so simple. But you don't have to necessarily work through all your stuff. You know, Ramdas said he never overcame any neurosis they just became like uh, little pets that that weren't bothering him so it's possible to to wake up to presence and peace very quickly and then you have to do the kind of like the psychological work to clear out the stuff that kind of makes you uh triggered in relationships and stuff like that okay all right which of the spiritual thought leaders most closely aligned with you and the methods that worked for you? Well, there's a Harvard psychologist named Dr. Jeffrey Martin. I interviewed on, on my podcast, Awareness Explorers, and he um, interviewed 1,200 enlightened people. I only did 100, you know, <laughs> and he um, saw what methods worked. And I, I like that scientific approach. Yeah. What are the greatest hits? What does actually lead to awakening the quickest? Yeah. 
And uh, so I was aligned with that and learned a lot of stuff from talking to him. And, you know, we've never really taken a scientific approach as to what really works in this arena. And I think that's time that we do that because, um, you know, a lot of people are using methods from and ideas from 2000 years ago. But we don't use a computer from even 20 years ago. Why are we using stuff from 2000 years ago? Yeah, uh, a lot of the best ideas and methods in terms of spirituality, which I think really work better, have only been invented in the last four years, mm-hmm. because we live in a different time where everything's speeded up, and, and it's kind of like you need different fuel for the brain in order to uh, feel your soul or awareness or your spirit now, yeah. and and uh, I think that's an important idea that people need to be aware of. Yeah. You know, I, um, I started to study some of Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, writings and methods. And I I tried, I tried. (laughs) And it just always felt like a chore. And However, in his writing, he says, yes, like it requires extraordinary discipline, which must be cultivated over time. So the message I'm walking away with is, yes, it's grueling and it's supposed to be grueling. Um, Like you have to go through the grueling to get to the oneness. And uh, but that created such a. I don't know, such a pattern for me where like, I, 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 it just, I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want, I didn't want to pour myself into something that was going to be frustrating for a period of time. And Mm -hmm. so to hear you talk about this other way of looking at it that says, you know, yes, Paramahansa Yogananda illustrated a beautiful perfect way to self-realization and it is a broad 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 highway with many 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 paths for many 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 different facets of humanity uh and there just might be one that is a little less grueling for you if you keep looking and i think that's a really comfortable message yeah you know we're trying to open to love joy and peace the path to love joy and peace is not self-hatred uh grueling i hate this um and so if something is really unpalatable to you it probably is not working for you and there's probably Mm -hmm. other ways that can also yogananda you know he was following a five thousand year old tradition things are a little bit different today you know we don't have the attention span or the time that he had and I think grace has made it easier for us nowadays because uh, God or grace knows that we're all very subject to what I call WMDs, uh, widgets of mass distraction. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're onto something there. I love that. So, looking at this uh, this incredible experience you've had, um, are there any ways that this story has changed you besides? your own spiritual growth? Well, you know, you tend to become like the people you hang out with. So one advice I would have for any spiritual seeker is try and hang out with people who you want to become like. So I got to hang out with, you know, like 
Wayne Dyer and Ram Dass a bunch and Ajashanti and other folks. And, you know, they have generally have a lightness, a sense of humor. They don't take themselves too seriously. All these people I found to be very humble and very kind as well. I also got to know Oprah a bit because I was on her show a bunch. And, you know, everybody's trying to do something good. We're all floundering, but trying to do the best we can. And that allowed me room to make my mistakes and just be myself and 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 learn as best I can from anybody. You know, I think um, a, a funny story. Uh, many years ago, I had a uh, a spiritual group where we, I would show movies, like profound movies, like Schindler's List, and they would have to write up a page about what they learned from that movie and how it affected them. Well, one week I wasn't going to be there, so I gave a friend the movie, uh, what I thought that was the movie Gandhi to him, but it ends up in the DVD sleeve was the movie Men in Black 2. <laughs> now, Men in Black 1 and 3 were pretty decent movies, but Men in Black 2 was so <laughs> bad that Will Smith said you, nobody should watch this movie. Oh my you God. know. It just wasn't a good movie. Anyway, so they watch this movie thinking it's going to be very profound. And then they write up about it and it ends up everybody wrote how amazing the movie was and how much they learned and how it really affected them. So really, you're wanting to learn your hunger for learning is probably more important than any than the teaching that you're you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And if you know exactly what you're looking for, like I know that I'm looking, I was a very depressed, suicidal teenager. So I knew I was looking for peace and love. And anything that seemed to take me away from peace or love, like grueling work, I hate this. That's not peace and love. You know, um, so I, I knew that that's what I was focusing on and therefore was able to stay uh, attentive to any method idea that moved me in that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I, that resonates with me. The idea of your intention, your motivation, um, mm -hmm. is at least as important, if not more than the actual action you know, we talk about in spiritual circles, the act of applying, uh, the will, the power of the will, the divine will, and, um, you know, the creative word and all of this channeling of our of our essence into particular paths and intentions and all of that and um, yeah I completely I, I really understand that I think that's important as well I th I think it's a refreshing new take on the message for spiritual te uh, seekers that mm -hmm. um, follow your intentions and your motivations and, and your curiosity yeah you know because. If you're if you're open enough to learning, you can learn about love from your dog. My dog is my current guru. You know, everybody yeah. loves my dog. Yeah. So what's she doing that that opens everybody's heart? Yeah. You know, so if you're really looking for something, the teachers are all around us. You don't have to wait yeah. until you're interviewing the Dalai Lama. That's right. Yeah. Byron Katie, when she cites the Diamond Sutra, uh, she talks extensively about bowing to a grain of sand. You know, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think that's I think that's a powerful message. So let me go ahead and, um, you know, we've ta talked about this incredible experience you've led and all the things that you've learned. If the listeners of this show are curious about your writing, 
about maybe your coaching services, about your podcast, what would you recommend for them to do in order to find out more about you, Jonathan? Well, I have a, a website, uh, theenlightenmentproject.net. And at theenlightenmentproject.net, <clears throat> if people put in their email address, they get my five favorite ways to wake up right away to presence and awareness uh, for free, which includes an ebook and an audio meditation. And they can also learn about the book and order it there if they want. And that's a good way to start because most people are not aware of any of these methods and they all work in about a minute. So that, you know, I think if you try a lot of stuff, you're going to say, oh, the first two things didn't do anything for me, but that third one, my God, that's amazing. You know, right. I, I, it was like I was high on some drug, you know, so it, it's, um, it's good to get exposed to these new methods that are coming out mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, so people can contact me at theenlightenmentproject.net or I have a, a podcast, Awareness Explorers, yeah. and they can also listen to my interviews with a lot of these people. That's amazing. Tell us a little bit about the podcast. What's the, what's the focus of it and the theming and the topics? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not that different from your podcast, Johnny. You know, I, I interview like uh, tomorrow I'm interviewing Miriam Williamson, if oh, yeah. you know her. Yeah. And um, and I've interviewed Byron Katie and Adyashanti and Deepak Chopra and all those people. And I ask them, OK, what's the best thing, you know, you know, uh, at the website, awarenessexplorers.com, we have a, a thing called meditations in the navigation bar. And we have 100 meditations from all these spiritual leaders. Yeah. They're all about 10 minutes long. And there, a lot of them are really brilliant. So, you know, if you're having a hard time meditating, listen to some of these guided meditations for free. And I think you'll get some really like, wow, that one really worked for me. I love that. So awarenessexplorers.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. Well, listen, everyone, I, I really want to encourage you to take a look at the Enlightenment Project. There's, you know, Jonathan mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, hang out with the people that you want to be like. And, you know, there's a lot of wisdom to glean off of decades spent associating with these spiritual thought leaders and absorbing their message and, you know, uh, let's say repackaging it in a condensed form to be able to share with, with the wider public. I, I personally have always felt that Oprah, um, you know, obviously Oprah is a businesswoman and, uh, and an entrepreneur, yet one of her primary contributions for me is that she has uh, curated such a number mm -hmm. of spiritual thought leaders, packaged them in easy to swallow uh, bits, and then has just served them to the public in a broad distribution on a silver platter. And Oprah has played a major role in my own awakening because when I knew that I was hitting a brick wall, I turned to Super Soul Conversations podcast yeah. and I started listening. And when someone resonated with me, I bought their book and I read it. Yeah. And it, yeah. it cracked me open. And it sounds like Jonathan, that you have, uh, that you've been on that path too, of just helping to, um, I don't know, amplify the distribution of these beautiful messages to the public. And it's a huge service. 
Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, I'll give you a, a, a Oprah story. Um, first time I was on her show off camera, she said, you know, I really liked your book. Um, and I really like your story about your dog. What's your dog's name? And I said, his name's Rama. And she said, how's he doing? And I said, well, he's actually started to have seizures. And I'm very worried about him. And Oprah said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll be sure to pray for him. And that's our entire off-camera conversation. Well, I'm on her show two years later, and she comes up to me and she says, it's good to see you again. By the way, how's Rama? And the thought that, you know, the most loved woman on earth uh, would remember a 10-second conversation from two years ago, I, I didn't compute. So I said, who's Rama? And she said, Rama's your dog. He was having seizures. How's he doing? I, I prayed for him. And wow. I said better i said how do you remember that and and she said well you know i had a really difficult childhood i had a stillborn child at age 15 after being raped you know and and i realized i didn't really have anything going for me except that i cared about people so i vowed that every day i would show my kindness to people and then she turned to the audience who had just given her a, a five-minute standing ovation for walking in the room and she said, looks like that turned out pretty good, don't you think? Yes. You know, yes. so, so, you know, from these different people, I learned different lessons, like, you know, always be kind, uh, you know, find what somebody has that you need, whether it be um, a, a thing that you buy on Amazon or a spiritual technique, you know, mm -hmm. so there's lots of possibilities out there. And I think our job is to learn from the best at any field and hopefully take that into our own hearts. There you go. I love that. I think that, I think that's, those are words to, uh, words to close on there. I love that. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, making time for us and sharing your experiences. They're truly exceptional. Uh, and I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of wisdom and service in there. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Johnny. Everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Refractive. And as you go out in your day and you encounter all of these people who are just doing the best they can, always remember to aim your light. Take care. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe. All those things help to expand this podcast availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, DC, but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.